Welcome to the Marketers That Matter Visionaries Podcast, hosted by Nadine Dietz, the GM of Marketers That Matter and EVP of 24-7. The marketing landscape is constantly changing, but we believe that when marketers at the forefront come together to share insights, you can confidently lead yourself, your teams, and the industry into the unknown. The future is here, and it's moving fast. So let's bring on the visionaries from today's top brands pioneering the future and get this conversation started. Hello and welcome to Visionaries. I'm Kara France, founder of Marketers That Matter. And today I am guest hosting for Nadine Dietz, who is with me here from Roku's headquarters in New York City, hosting the MTM Forum right next door. I have three very special guests with me here in the studio. Martin Luther King III, the eldest son of Dr. King, his wife, partner, and social justice advocate, Andrea King, and Craig Kielberger, the founder of We.org. Mr. and Mrs. King, along with Craig, have joined forces as they look towards the 100th birthday of Martin Luther King Jr., which is a mere five years away. They're here today to share a bit about an audacious initiative they're undertaking to create unity, reunite communities, and lift one another up for the greater good. Mr. King, I'd love to start with you. As a marketer, one could argue that in shepherding your father's legacy, you are responsible for one of our world's most iconic brands. What do you see the brand standing for? So I think that the King brand stands for number one, unity. It stands for love. It stands for bringing people together to do good in the world. Uh, my father and his team and my mother faced unsurmountable odds as they matriculated through society, starting in a very segregated society to transform it so that integration would be real, and then a Civil Rights Act of 1964 and a Voting Rights Act giving people the right to vote and fair housing legislation. So Dad had an agenda for transforming and changing our nation. Ultimately, in 1963, when he delivered the I Have a Dream speech, he was talking about how do we create a society where freedom and justice and equality is real for all humankind. And that's what he worked on throughout his life. He wanted to eradicate or help eradicate the triple evils of poverty, racism, and violence. Obviously, now we're still deeply working on those issues. So, Mrs. King, you are your husband's partner in life and in work. What are you most proud of in your work together? Mm. Um, you know, the, the name of our organization, Drum Major um, Institute, is taken from the last sermon that Martin Luther King Jr. ever delivered at Ebenezer Baptist Church. And in that sermon, he talked about living a life of peace, of justice, and equity, that that was the most important thing. And literally, when he was assassinated two months later, Coretta Scott King chose that sermon to be played at his funeral. So in a very real sense, he eulogized himself. And we believe at Drum Major that that call is our pursuit. And so I think that anytime any of the initiatives where people can see themselves within the King legacy, when they can see that their voice does matter and facilitate change, one of the things that ignited 
and excited me the most is we had a, a campaign called Deliver for Voting Rights. But the thing that was most exciting about that is that we had 200 organizations to sign on to partner with us. And we also had a, a letter that was delivered to the White House that had 800, nearly 1,000 signatories of various faith leaders. And, the fact, and it was ecumenical so that the fact that every day when we see people coming together and standing together, those are the things that I am most proud of. Craig, as the founder of We.org, you've known the Kings for decades. Would you tell us about your work and how you've come to partner with the Kings? Well, we first had the pleasure to meet the Kings on the 50th anniversary of the I Have a Dream speech. Uh, Mr. King got on stage at these giant events called We Days to inspire young people and to share the story of just the family, the extraordinary commitment and civil rights. Taking a little step back to answer the other part of your question, um, you know, I first got involved at a young age. I was 12 years old, founded a tiny nonprofit at the time, Free the Children, uh, to get youth involved in service. That grew and evolved into also getting youth involved in service here at home. Uh, we filled 131 stadiums with young people earning their way by doing more than 40 million hours of service to hear from icons and activists and musicians and change makers. And upon reflecting on that journey, that unfortunately with COVID, we had to stop these live events, but there have been few names and few messages that have so deeply inspired every audience as the Kings. And, you know, Mr. King, when he's got up on stage for young people to speak about that iconic dream that we all know, that his father's words, there wasn't a dry eye. There wasn't, you know, every youth rose up. Uh, and so when he reached out and said, could we assist in, in, in a small and humble way with this part of the vision that he's seeking to build with his amazing wife, said, of course, honored to assist in this iconic family. So to that point, Mr. King, I'd love to hear about the vision that you're collectively working on to further fulfill on your father's legacy. So the vision is to engage millions of young people around our nation uh, in achieving 100 million hours of community service over a five-year period. Next year will be the 95th birthday of Dad. So by the 100th birthday, five years later, that we would achieve that milestone and more. Uh, that is the vision, to see the manifestation come about in, in a number of ways. And what has been tracked over the years through what we as an organization did uh, under Craig Kilberger and Mark Kilberger and their team was that students who were engaged in community service or service activities were more in, involved in voting in political elections, more involved in giving money back to causes, to charities, and just about every metric, every area where improvement occurred, it was because they were engaged in that way. So we're talking about now engaging, and as, as he said, they were able to do 40 million hours. We're talking about 100 million hours. It's going to create a dramatic shift in our nation, maybe even a tectonic shift to create a better world for really generations yet unborn. So Mrs. King, from your perspective, why is now the time for this large of an initiative? 
Well, when you really think about it's interesting because our daughter just said to me the other day, you know, you realize, Mom, that Papa King and I were born in two different centuries. And when you really think about the fact that young children today at a time, frankly, when we seem more divided than ever, I reflect back to the last book that Martin Luther King Jr. ever wrote, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos or Community? We really feel that this is a way to build community. We feel that getting involved and being of service is a way in which everyone can see themselves as part of the King legacy and that they can do their part in helping to create the beloved community of which he he was the architect of it, and now it's time for us all to build it. So, Craig, what do you see as the keys to success? This is an audacious initiative. Well, the King's vision is rooted in multiple generations, but especially young people. And I think that is going to be a driving factor behind this. I think that study after study shows that how we see the world largely is formed by the time we enter our early 20s. And so engaging young people at a very young age in schools to join in service it will shape a generation how they look at the world, how they serve, the careers they pick, how they vote, how they spend their dollars. And in order to fulfill that vision, I think it's going to require a lot of partners. And that's why, you know, Kara, we're very grateful to you. I know the Kings will be speaking later on tonight at your event and the conference that you founded and created to marketers. And marketers have a big megaphone. They can reach people. And so the Kings have an extraordinary family commitment of service. Marketers are hoping to bring that message of authenticity to connect with their clients and their customers. And I think that it's going to require, as the King family often says, the beloved community. So whether they be a CEO, a marketer, a student, a teacher, to come together to amplify this message out. So in one word, it's going to take a lot of great partnership. Wonderful. So... Mrs. King, as you think about your own personal journey, other than, of course, your father-in-law, what role models come to mind and why? Certainly the very first role model would be my mother-in-law, Coretta Scott King, who was a tremendous force of nature. And I think that the world needs to know that she was involved in the peace movement before she um, married Martin's, M- Martin, <laughs> my father-in-law. And so when they came together, it really was um, a, a marriage of equals. And in some ways, she mentored him and, and you know, taught him about freedom movements. And so I think that what she did, not only with her husband, but for our nation and world, she held the country together after the assassination. She went and led a march with her three oldest children that um, before anyone had been caught for, for, the, for the murder. She led the, led the campaign to make um, his holiday a reality. And if it, I believe, weren't for her, he would, in a lot of ways, as brilliant as he was, he would be lost just to the annals of history. But also, it is the the women that I meet every single day that are not famous, but that, and they have, well, in some instances, circumstances have caused them to be famous, and they have taken the ultimate pain and turned that into power. I think about people like Ahmaud Aubrey's mom um, in, in, um, in Georgia and how she held a community together and, and stood on love, never uttered a bitter word. When I think about... Um, 
Tyree Nichols' mom, whom we just met a few weeks ago, and how, you know, she stood in front of the nation and chose to say, I forgive the men who committed this crime towards my son. I think about Lucy Macbeth, whose son was murdered, and she used that power and is now in Congress, you know, and speaks up against violence. So to me, it's, it's the, the people who at the moment of their greatest pain have found a way to lift us all up and to transform that pain into power are the women that that truly inspire me. Wow. That definitely touches my heart. Craig, what about you? What role models come to mind for you and why? I know you added a disclaimer at the the top, you know, not only Dr. King, but I'm actually going to lean into Dr. King, if you don't mind, because just to pause for a moment and to realize there was a, a beautiful speech I heard of an individual who stood, who was the, the, the news, uh, PBS NewsHour uh, anchor. And he said, every time you know someone walks, and he was black, he said, I walk into uh, a restaurant and sit as an equal. Every time I swim in a pool, every time I stay at a motel, I owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. King. And I think you know we all easily forget our history so quickly, you know, to spend time with this extraordinary family that, you know, it's been such an honor. And and I, I, and partially why I'm sitting here is because I believe that America and the world owes them a debt of gratitude of the highest order where not only was, of course, you know, Mr. King's father assassinated, also his grandmother assassinated and his uncle dying under very questionable circumstances. You just pause and look at this and say that, you know, this family has given so much and therefore every time a person has the opportunity, they should be cast in a ballot and they should be honoring not a day off but a day on of service for MLK Day and they should be engaging on these great milestones that are coming forth and that's why you know I believe in their campaign and I believe in this family uh, and so we need more people to lean in in that way and to hear their call and to hear their message of service and to join in today. So Mr. King In wrapping up our session, could you share one memory or lesson that you learned from your father that impacts how you walk through your life? And then I'm going to add, and one from your mother. Well, I I was going to essentially state that uh, it may have been framed by both parents as opposed to one. And what we were taught in our home was uh, a love of self. Because before one can uh, love other selves, they have to truly love themselves. We were taught to love our family. We were taught to love our community. Uh, When you love your community, there are many things that you don't accept and tolerate, like poverty, racism, and violence. And we were taught to have a love of God, love of self, love of family, love of community, and love of God. And in that vein, because we were taught that kind of love, we also were taught the power of forgiveness. Craig just stated, you know, everyone knows that dad was killed in 1968 on April 4th. Many do not know my uncle mysteriously drowned. And certainly many did not know that my grandmother, my father's mother, Alberta Williams King, was killed by an assassin's bullet also. Dad was killed by a white man. My grandmother was killed by a black man. It would have been easy to embrace hatred and hostility. But I chose 
through experiences that my mom and dad and grandmother and grandfather and aunts and uncles and my church reinforced, I chose to forgive. And so I hope that I show up every day in a spirit of love as opposed to a spirit of hate. People may have understood if I had hate because of the circumstances, but it is really a choice and an experience. I think we in our nation and around the world need to be able to learn more about forgiveness. Uh, it doesn't mean that you forget something that is so traumatic and hurtful, but if we can learn how to forgive, maybe we can move forward and create a true path of, of real, and ultimately it comes to reconciliation. I mean, that's, that's what dad lived, taught. That's what my mother taught me. That's what my grandparents taught me. And I'm thankful for those life lessons. Big breath after that. Well, I want to thank all three of you, not only for joining us on Visionaries, but for the work that you are doing, for the difference that you are making, and for helping to create an opportunity for all of us to lean in. It's such a great, uh, such an extraordinary initiative. Thank you for joining us on Visionaries, and thanks to the three of you for making such an extraordinary difference in all of our lives and for taking on this initiative that all of us are going to have a chance to lean into. Thanks to all of you who tuned in. We hope this episode provides some inspiration for your day, and we wish you the best. Visionaries is brought to you in partnership with The Wall Street Journal and made possible by our parent company, 24-7. To find out more about the Marketers That Matter community, visit marketersthatmatter.com. And finally, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think.